I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Hey, folks, how are you today? Let me the first one, you know, autism rocks and rolls. Now, before we begin, I must know that I'm not a psychiatrist. If you're starting to diagnose with autism, please see a physician. I will speak some of my experiences. That's one of the right to the intro natural that I found on DanielBooking.com and MediaFireSound.com. We also have a mission to interview with all of you. The mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls is to take the stigma off of autism and other conditions that you may think are disabilities. People on spectrum are not broken and do not need to be fixed. Those who have conditions or beliefs want to be pitied, there's nothing to be sorry about. I also have some people I'd like to thank. First, I must thank my latest guest, Megan Prescott, on c 250 validating black and white with Katie Finch, aka Megan Prescott, for more information, but she did wonderful, and I would check out her episode to learn about some theories. Another person we need to thank is my college friend, Caleb Cremans. He is currently doing some volunteer work for us, and we are so happy that he is helping out. Thank you very much, Caleb. I also told my story for the Flutie Foundation in a blog. It's called What is Normal Anyways? Be sure to check it out at flutiefoundation.org slash... Sam Mitchell, slash Ann, slash what is normal anyway. I even had time for another mock speech. This one was called Good News and Bad News. It was called because I was a newscaster. Feel free to look at the video at www.facebook slash sammitchell.779620 slash videos. In addition, ARAR held its monthly board meeting. We concluded from this meeting that 2023 was a very prosperous year. We are eager to see everything 2024 brings. I also did some networking. I visited my old speed networking in the UK and MBX networking in the USA. Then because I love the Unmasking Autism Clubhouse room so much, I went back to it. I did see some old pals, but I made some new ones as well. And since the last episode, I've appeared on several podcasts. I was on the Phantom Podcast with Brody Oddway, the Radical Acceptance Podcast with Jeff Newman, the Adult Child of Dysfunction Podcast with Tammy Vincent, and the Sinead Shares Podcast with Sinead Woodson, and some Basis Covered Podcast with Penny and her group. What a great group of podcasts, everyone. Today's talk is going to be about reading the rune. Yes, I have to sing this because I cannot believe I remember this. I'm that old, apparently. Reading rainbow, I can't go anywhere. All right, but in all seriousness, I'm actually very, and I mean very excited to talk about this issue for professional and personal reasons. This issue has been really in my blood since elementary school years. I graduated high school, but this problem still is coming with me. I know this is an issue that everyone on the spectrum can deal with. When Temple Grandin sent C124 Pictures on the Ranch by Temple Grandin, she said that when you meet one person on the spectrum, you met one person on the autism spectrum. Well, when it comes to this case, no. I completely disagree with her. I don't care what the factors are. You're going to have this battle where society expects you to master and that's something I also want to get into. Getting into mastering this issue because society wants us to figure it out on our own. I don't agree with that completely. Granted, we should have some skill on how to read the room. Let me give you an analogy on how I see it. So we have the kings who do understand it and they are in their throne. They're like, oh, I get it. Perfect. Well, you have the people below who are wanting to help. I guess what you could call the servants. The king is basically, well, I'm sorry, you're still serving. The only thing you get up here is you have to have a master it, have a nice day. No, that shouldn't be it. It should be where the kings help the servants by showing them how to read the room instead of being punished for something that only makes 50% sense. Before I go into the definition, I should probably quickly say that I'm not the only one who knows this. If you talk to my parents at C105, meet my mother, and 1113, father and son chat, they would testify that this issue is probably one of the biggest work-ons I have today. If not the biggest, then top five. Now, the definition of reading the room, it is a social scale where you search for or uncover an implied or hidden meaning instead of one that is stated openly. I would say it's us trying to unlock the box and figure out which button should I push between the three buttons. I think why this is sometimes hard for us to understand is because everything is thrown at us. It is literally 
the same to gain pie in the face without a break. Every pie in the face event I went to, I haven't seen children go crazy and just, ah, ah, boom, pie, boom, pie, boom, pie, boom, pie, boom, pie. No, it's been pie. Do, 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 pie. Do, 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 pie. Do, 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 do. Okay, that's the pace it needs to be when we are reading the room. Now, it should not be the full Jeopardy theme song of do, 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 do. No, there needs to be some booms and the pie in there, but it leads me to my next question. And that question is, dun, dun, dun. How are you supposed to do that when we take things one step at a time? For real, how do you people go into a room and review it so fast? That is not us. I applaud you for doing it. But extra review time is crucial. We cannot be the people who are like, okay, we're at grandmother's. Don't say this. Don't say this. Don't say this. Okay, we're good to go. We need to be, okay, we're at my grandmother's house. Don't say this. Don't say this. Don't say this. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. This is what will probably be talked about. Those extra five minutes are essential. If we don't have those extra five minutes, we're not going to be able to read the room and function. But you're probably wondering, Sam, how do you tell if it's going too fast or going too slow? Going back to the pie analogy, and this is going to be a disgusting one, but bear with me. If you don't have time to blow the lemon meringue flavor that's stuck out of your nose, it's just too fast. Plus, people do not open up enough. As I say in previous episodes, I do believe in privacy, and there's some things that should be secrets or hidden messages but it comes with a price. Words are missing from the book. Let me explain. We have book one, Dire Wimpy Kid. Pretty consistent, grammatically correct. Every letter is there. The pictures are there. It's pretty consistent. It's not missing any beat. Now give us book number two, which is titled Room, and we open it. Oh my gosh, it's a disaster. Pages are missing. Chapters are missing. Words are in the wrong place. It's missing letters. There's nothing there that is giving the story. Even words are flying out of my mouth like you see in the cartoons. That's how we feel when we are reading the room. Can't see what's behind closed doors. And if we're not going to see what's behind closed doors, how are we supposed to read something when some details are unidentified? It's also a tough thing to do when people on the autism spectrum take things literally. Take things literally is when you believe that the most fundamental or basic means of an expression or phrase is being used. It's what I told... Anthony Yanni for listeners, C137, slam dunking with Anthony Yanni. If it's raining cats and dogs, you'd be looking out the window. When he responded, yes. Another yes is, I do have to sing this Sunday, but everybody's thinking, 369. Tell me, tell me one more kind. To the window, to the wall, it's Spikes by Sal. I'll skeet, 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 skeet. In all seriousness, since we do take things literally, we do not understand figurative language. Figurative language is expressions that have meaning but aren't strictly accurate, which to me translates the statement isn't true, but the meaning behind the statement is truthful. It also does not help when there are types of figurative language. Some of those are similes. A simile is a comparison utilizing the term like, as, or then between two unlike objects. Similes which are frequently employed to emphasize the future of one of the things depend on the audience's capacity to draw conclusions between the two subjects under discussion. An example of a simile would be, I slept like a log. No one sleeps like a log. I can't imagine anyone sleeping in a tree form. That just means they slept peacefully. My question is, why aren't you saying, oh man, I just slept really peacefully? The next type of figurative language is a metaphor. A metaphor is a straightforward comparison that does not make the use of the terms like or as. In order to generate a deeper link and enhance the significance of the comparison, metaphors equal to objects that are being compared. An example of this would be, boy, I could really eat a horse right now. Okay, I have not met a human that could eat a horse. Although it'd be impressive, I don't see I could eat an over 100 
300 pound mammal. Not possible. In all seriousness, why are we just saying, boy, I go for a steak with some mashed taters at the moment. Third on the list is personification. Personification is the process of giving inhuman entities human traits. This gives things a personality and increases their reliability. An example of this would be my phone grew legs. Okay, I don't care where you are on the planet, Earth or Mars, even Saturn, phones do not walk. Why aren't we saying I lost my phone? Also, we have puns. A pun is a type of wordplay which the numerous means of a term or words that sound similar are used for a comedic or rhetorical effect. An example of a pun would be, I had a taser once, it was stunning. Believe it or not, I don't have a problem with this type of figurative language because it makes sense. It may take some time for it to make sense, but at the end of the tunnel, it does. In my opinion, it makes more sense than a chair squealing. The final figurative language I want to talk about is idiom. An idiom is a frequently used expression that has developed a significance different from its original meaning. It varies by culture and language. Often language learners find it difficult to understand the genuine meanings of these expressions. They are so different from what is being stated. An example of this would be, Grandmother ran over a reindeer. Okay, no, that's not the case. She hit a tree, not reindeer. We're not running to Mrs. Claus 2.0. So why are we not saying, Grandma ran into a tree? I will say that our Myra the Highway, C103, Myra the Highway, thinking comes into play with this topic. I have met people who are on the spectrum, did what I used to do. That is plan how the social situation is going to go. And while I do believe in planning for listeners, C233, I've got a plan. I don't think you should plan out a social situation if you're just a person who's there. Now, if you're an employee of it or the manager or the person in charge, different story. But if you're just going there to enjoy it, don't worry about it. Enjoy the time. I've got a perfect story with this. I was having a friend who entered a talent show which I do applaud this person for doing, but in his brain, he wasn't reading the room and deciding, I'm going to win this. Well, we go out there to support him, and he does pretty good, but then we also run into the competition. Not thinking, ooh. I still thought he had a chance, and I thought, oh no, here comes some competition. They're pretty good too. And we had to tell him, my friend, there is competition going, so you're a winner still, but you may not get the prize. Well, the cow flew over and said he didn't hear us because later on, this person said, I'm going to win this. So in his brain, no matter what, he was going to win. So when it's time to announce the result, the worst fear came true. The person didn't win. And it broke this person's heart, I could tell. But we were able to dust him up, and then we enjoyed the rest of the night with the fun time. My point I'm trying to cross is, this person did not read the room. He didn't see, oh, there's other competition. They have a chance of winning too. I'm not the only person who has the spotlight. Don't worry, I do have a solution. Don't plan it. What if that person didn't plan on winning the talent show? Do you know what? It would have been a complete surprise if he did. And clearly, if he didn't, he could have been like, oh, well, at least I wasn't expecting to win because that would have broken my heart. And clearly, I'm not trying to say, well, if you don't plan on winning, don't enter. Don't take the chance. No, I think you should take the chance. That's in my opinion, when you go on stage, you're a winner. But I'm not a person who would expect everything to go perfectly. Appreciate the simple parts of the plan, not the whole spiel of it. Don't expect the red. Try to go for the yellow. It makes life a lot easier. And reading the lines exists as well since we have a different cognitive process. So society thinks that we think differently. We don't understand certain social cues. Well, guess what? They're right. You don't understand some hidden curriculum that exists out there. Now, does that mean the, the behavior should be excused? No. Does that mean we should get some slack? Yes, because I am telling you, this is the hardest skill for anybody to learn on the autism spectrum, 
I'm not just saying you could have asked my parents earlier or me. You can ask the person you know on the spectrum and they will agree with me. And we need people like speech therapists or friends that would help us understand why this choice is inappropriate, not people who are going to shame us for doing something illogical. And have you ever thought we couldn't actually help it? Because let's go back to the previous episode I mentioned with Megan Prescott earlier in the episode. I told you I learned a lot of theories. Well, let's just give you one of the theories. One of the theories is when babies and children are born, they come with sensitivity and behaviors that are childish and only children would do, but eventually they grow out of it. Well, the theory is we don't grow out of it due to the cognitive process. So if you think that's scary, I'm sorry that you think that, but if you look on the better side of the rainbow, you'll just see a wonderful person who just happens to have reminiscence of childish behaviors. We also have blurred lines. Blurred lines! I know you want it. I know you want it, but you're a good girl. Oh, sorry, I got excited. But anyway, we also have blurred lines because we are concrete thinkers. So concrete thinking to me translates here and now. We think in the moment. People in general are like that. A lot of people think in the moment. And if you're like that, let's be honest, you get into trouble. I've done it before. I've gotten in trouble myself too. But those on the spectrum don't get a pass for concrete thinking. We should have some concrete thinking skills, but it also at the same time needs to be tamed for everybody, whether you're on the spectrum or not. And with concrete thinking, I do have a solution for those on the spectrum. Try something called personal perspective taking. So the way you pay attention to your special interests, try doing that with a human. And I know, whew, it's going to be hard. The way humans that are not on the spectrum sometimes interact gives me a headache, but I'd rather be in a hotel with friends than a motel alone. And as they say, it is what it is. There are many reasons why emotionally we do not understand reading the room. Some of those reasons are I call emotion takeover. So we've heard of Heath Slayer's song, I'm just one man band. Well, I say, I'm just one man emotion, which means that somehow, mysteriously, when we're feeling a certain negative emotion, such as anger and C-212 fly off the handle, or anxiety and C-109 autistic butterflies, the ability to read the room goes out the door. The best way to describe it is a new thing enters the door, and that is a big soccer ball on our head. And the only way for the ability to read the room come back in the door is when the soccer ball gets deflated and with reading the room if you're having motion takeover i would not be around the cause since it might go badly if you even look at what made you have the negative emotion another reason why emotionally understand reading the room is it's too controlling so rvd and if you look well that episode c159 flying high with rvd rob van dam and katie forbes he's believed in not conforming okay i believe that too but the problem is with certain people you have to conform i know with a friend in particular i had to conform because she did not appreciate me using hillbilly sailor mouth let's call it that that drove me absolutely nuts i shouldn't be able to do that you are blocking me from letting me be myself that's a part of me but that's what i have to do if you want me to be around you it should be a two-way street it should be you reading the room too you should let me use a bit of the mouth. At the same time, I can tone it down a little bit. That's a fair compromise. I should have to stop it completely. And it's also a problem when there's extra rules. So those are rules that aren't, I would call, societal. Stealing a pencil, that's a rule you don't steal. But one where you have to, every time you go to your grandmother's house, you have to take your shoes off. Yeah, stupid. 
I even have a story with this, so I was kind of debating on whether to tell this or not. It needs to be told. They were the inspiration for this episode, actually. One side of my family in particular, they're not bad people. They're wonderful people. Love them to death. But there's a lot of extra rules with them. You have to make sure that when you drink your water, put your initials on due to the scare of backwash. As a family, we say a prayer before our holiday meals. If we blow into a kazoo, the one you blow is yours, also due to backwash. I would have had to take off my sunglasses if I wanted to talk to my grandfather. And with that family in particular, I had to do a lot of reading the room. They didn't tell you everything. Another way to put it is, some of the things that professional wrestlers have stated in the past, I couldn't say to that family in particular. When the other family... I could say it, and they would give it right back to me in my honest opinion. As an eight-year-old child, I won't lie, I thought it was bull, baloney. And then they were even at points where I thought, why am I here? Why am I associated with this family? They're controlling me like a robot. I even perceived it as they were bullying me. So I definitely didn't want to be here when I have a family down the road that we ought to do these hidden rules, and I actually don't have to read the room. But now, after a lot of reflection and maturing, I have came to the end result that it was actually me being an idiot for not reading the room. So that family in particular, all I want to say is what Shawn Michaels said. I am sorry. I love you. Another reason why we don't understand reading the room is zoning out C251 in the zone for more information. Earlier I said there was a soccer ball and it's not like that when we zone out. This time there is a choice and the wall is open but we're choosing not to go. We're enjoying the room. The do not disturb sign is on the door. We don't hear you at the moment. An idea that you can do with that is leave the door halfway open. So when they do holler at you or for you to get back in reality, finish out what you're doing in your zone. But as they say, all good things must come to an end. Well, buddy, it might come to an end earlier than expected. It may have to be that way for the rest of the day. Or if you get lucky, you can go back in the zone, tell your parents, hey, I'm going to zone out. I'm shutting the door completely. And if you have good parents, you'll understand. So you can finish what you were doing. Because I do believe in finishing what you started. With zoning out, you should know that you cannot do it completely. If your parents need you at a moment, notice you need to be there. But how do you tell them if they're in the middle of a zoning out, parents? Well, the way you do it is using an electronic device. They have these phones now, or you ask them, hey, you can zone out. Totally understand why you need to do it. Please keep your phone on you or the door halfway open. So if I need you for whatever reason, I can get you. The final reason why is different formula, or as I call it, different conversations. So Jack is a father, but also a war veteran who has a son named Adam. And they are both interested in radio. So they talk about radio. Well, along comes his friend Greg, who talks to the other war veteran, about the war and when you get two war veterans together that add up i get war conversation but what about the other guy he's now an unsolved variable he might as well just not be there on the spectrum we take it personal he was all us now we have to deal with this no let us finish the conversation first and then you can have you can talk about all the war stuff you want to but to those on the spectrum you have a part two it can't be all just centered around you. You have to let the conversation go. And if it does go that way, why not be, instead of a person who's mad, a person who wants to learn? You can learn about some of the war stories they have gone through. I would rather do that than be in the corner shrugging my shoulders. Parents, I think you know this, but I have to stress this. It needs to be taught. We need time with this one. You don't take that ride. It's going to lead your child to disastrous. They will get themselves in a hole that they cannot swim out of. I even have a perfect story to tell you about this. So I know someone who is on the autism spectrum that goes to my school and decided that he would make a remark that I definitely would have said in school. Well, he goes to the principal's office. You think he'd be on his best behavior, right? Eh, wrong. Try again. He even got more in trouble 
by having another non-filter moment where he didn't read the room. And I clearly support the decision, the administration to discipline the child, but why were the parents not teaching him how to read the room at an early age? This could have been avoided if he was taught that. I'd also say if your parents aren't going to teach you, you need to teach yourself because you're going to get into a place where it's beyond a slap on the wrist from the principal. It could even lead to an arrest. For those on the autism spectrum, I hate to scare you more with this, but trust me, I am telling you from personal experience, if you want a relationship or friendship at all in C104, making friends, getting that girl for more information, you will not have any if this is not, again, mastered, but improved. To see how you will lose people of this communication skill, C227, effective communication. Look at the article below from the female dating strategist that shows what will happen if this skill is lost and never found. Now, to parents and to those who are on the autism spectrum, the female dating strategist has not ask yourself this question. Have you ever thought we also partially do this because this is our way of showing compassion? And for listeners, C230, but I care. We want to help. Probably why Anthony Yanni looked out the window to see if it was raining cats and dogs is because we do not want the cats to scratch anyone's eyes out or the dogs to bite anyone's head off. Or someone says, man, I smell like a skunk. Okay, we don't want you to smell. We're pushing you in the shower to get rid of the stench. I mean, all we're trying to do is offer our services. It is bad time. That's on us. But what's not on us is being looked at for trying to look out for our people. Is that not what we're supposed to do in this world? I mean, it makes up for our mind blindness. Mind blindness is the incapacity to sense others' people's feelings, thoughts, and emotions. In other words, this is just describing insensitive. But we are sensitive, guys. I'm supposed to be right back here and ad from the Doug Flutie Jr. Autism Foundation. So let's get to it. At the Doug Flutie Autism Foundation in Massachusetts, people are receiving hope. The organization was established in 1998 by Doug Flutie, a former quarterback for Boston College and the NFL, and his wife Lori in the memory of their son Dougie, who was diagnosed with autism at the age of three. The goal of the Flutie Foundation is to improve the quality of life for those with autism and their families. The biggest action they like to do is give grants and host their annual Stars on the Spectrum golf event. Our goal is to offer chances for physical and social activity outside of work or school, a path for education or employment during the day, and the resources needed to always feel safe, supported, and informed, the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation says. Make sure to visit them on their website, www.flutiefoundation.org. That's www.flutiefoundation.org. Or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or even YouTube to see all the stars they have to offer. And you never know, you might be able to meet one of their stars if you are so kind they allow you to do so. Finally, if this was a testimony, this would be my testimony for the Doug Jr., Autism Foundation. All right, folks, we're back. You might meet Doug Flutie. You never know. I will say it gets complicated. So it's honesty and bluntness. The C102 honesty versus bluntness live. So I think the root of bluntness is causing us also not to read the room. And when you add those two together, it ain't a pretty map. And truth be told, I do wonder if it's too much for someone on the spectrum to handle. I think it is circumstantial, but I think it can be helped with early intervention. I know through my early intervention and having speech therapy until I graduated was for sure useful. It definitely probably didn't make the not being able to read the room go away, but it made me able to read the room decent. Another kicker comes when there is a problem launching our head and in our brain it cannot wait until we get home. So have a rocket about ready to launch and there's a fuse that's going before the blast off. We don't have that fuse. We're the automatic TNT pushers down that push the thing and boom, explosion. I've never met a person on the spectrum that can wait. They'll do it then and there. Because in their brain, if they don't do it, they'll forget about it. They just got away with something. I can give you a perfect example of this one. I was going to a wrestling comment 
anything to commentate. Well, a lot was going on, and my dad offered me something about a sausage sandwich. I told him at the moment I didn't care about that right now. Clearly, that didn't end up well. Definitely caused a little bit of stirring the pot at the commentary show. But in my brain, I had to say that. I couldn't let him get away with it in my brain, and I didn't want to be in the car having a big argument about, what was that all about, man? Let's solve this now. I'm not going to go back to that commentary table until this has worked. I can't commentate because all I'll be focusing on is this issue right here and then. However, I do see why they actually do it. The two reasons are avoiding drama. We shouldn't have to fight in public. It's not the place to do it, but people still do. It causes attention that shouldn't be needed. So why bring it up in a place that have eyeballs glazing at your soul? Also, we need to keep the peace. There's a law about keeping the peace, and I agree with it. When we go into public, there should not be what you see in movies when there's fire or burning buildings. It needs to be peaceful. Now, it doesn't have to be sunshine. We have rain, snow, but it needs to not feel so tensional. The argument that in public leads us to cutting tension with the knife. So I go there when at home there's tension, but it's not surrounded by the other 2.5 billion people on earth. But I do not see it because you are putting a bandaid on the solution. And like every bandaid, it falls off. So as we know, volcanoes explode. And I'm a firm believer in the phrase, let's just get this over with. Well, it's the same thing when we're trying to read the room, let the volcano explode. It's one and done. I don't have to sweat. I don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, what's going to happen when I get home? What's going to happen when I get home in a minute? What's going to happen when I get home in a minute? Is it going to turn into a big up fight? I just had a, my night ruined. I'd rather just stay here and not go home. Thank you. I know that I'll probably get looks, but I'd rather have a thousand eyes glare a hole through me than deal with lava on my back. I do need to say that it's not the same as overanalyzing and C108 thinking through or decision making. And C241 decisions, decisions, decisions. There's a web. So the difference for overanalyzing means you're looking at one topic only. An example of that would be what is causing my nose to run? Decision making is where you just make a decision on what you're going to do today. So that would be I'm going to have chicken Caesar salad instead of New England clam chowder soup. Now reading the room is you're looking at all of it in one. You're not looking at just the issue, but you're looking at the person and where you're at. An example of that would be, okay, I'm going to visit Aunt Margie. Jokes about religion out the door. Now parents, I also have to tell you, if you have a kid who is in the middle of the road or on the low end of the spectrum, it might be possible that they will not have that ability. If they don't, parents, it is your responsibility to read the room for them. Some people on the spectrum deserve a break. I think I deserve slack. There are some out there who deserve a break and not even deal with that at all. And in previous episodes, I said too bad. I'm still saying too bad because it's your child and daughter and you should do anything for them. If that includes reading the room for them, sorry, you have to, but I do feel you. It can be very frustrating when your child on the spectrum says, quit picking your nose when they're literally not, or it's not even the right place to say that statement. Now, folks, we'll be right back here and an ad from Rock 96.1 radio station, so let's hear from them. We want to thank 96.1 The Query, especially David and Dan Hayes for being a gold sponsor for our Summerfest. 96.1 on residents in Bloomington, Indiana, and like Autism Rocks and Rolls, they rock and roll too. Visit their website at rock961fm.com to hear them out. And when they're on the station, be sure to listen to them live on their website or catch them on the radio in your car. If you like Kiss, Queen, 80s Rock, or ZZ Top, I think you have found your station. 96.1 also supports our adventurers, so you should support them too. Visit 96.1. Yeah! 
All right, folks, so we're definitely rock out to this radio station. What I'd like to do now is I do have some stories of mine that I did not read the room on. So my stories are too many cooks in the kitchen story is the first one. This is where we were going to an event and my mother told me there are too many cooks in the kitchen. Now, clearly I was thinking about getting meatballs, food in the kitchen. I was like, uh, mom, we're not cooks. These people are board members. There's no apron or chef's hat on them. The next hat is the island story. So my grandfather, and for listeners, C-122, meet Big Joe. He would always tell me, go get that on the island. I didn't know when island was on the table. When I heard island, I was thinking sea ships. My initial thought was, unless you're a sailor, there ain't no island on here where we're getting coconuts. We also have the sausage story. So I was having a little friend, Shindig, and we had food. And I was hungry. We were helping. I saw him out of the corner of my eye, the sausages. And I asked, hey, is those sausages? My friend said, yep. Didn't think of it. Grabbed one, took one. Then I ate it. Well, in her brain, she was disgusted. And she didn't say it. I did it actually for entertainment but it wasn't the right moment. And then we also have not pulling leg stories. So when I was in the car, my mother told me, hey, Sam, I'm just pulling your leg. Well, I literally looked down and I thought she was pulling my leg. And my idea was, please keep my leg attached to my body. I don't need a peg leg. My final story is picture a bad handwriting story. So one of my acquaintances who I still like today, probably was not the nicest person back in the day. Well, he asked if he could take a picture of my handwriting. And I wasn't reading the room and I didn't realize, oh, he was going to be mean. I let him take it. My brain, I... I thought he just wanted to see my handwriting, take a picture of it for some weird reason, but whatever, by all means. I don't really care. Well, come to learn, he was doing it to show his brother and to bully me. Listeners, C252, I don't like bullies more information for that. However, even this is difficult for those on the autism spectrum, I really cannot think of an idea. I didn't know how to handle this issue. I don't know how to even handle it for myself. But then I realized with my speaking skills, this piece of advice has been thrown around that this could be the same for this issue. A way to help yourself, Aspies, is know your audience. If you know who they are, the age, the gender, the socializing will not be perfect, but it'll definitely be easier. And it could be more of, as they say, a piece of cake. And I'll tell you this too, there are even ways to learn who your audience is. Some of those are figure out the permanent topics. When you interact with someone, you're probably going to be talking about something each time. When it comes to my family in particular, once I have family I know is going to ask me about the podcast, I know that when my grandfather was sick, we would go to his place and we would ask my grandmother how's he doing it was expected no the expected topic now with the unexpected topics you can't figure out but when you get in your mind okay i know we're going to talk about this it gives you something to lead on with you're not going to the job interview with an empty resume another idea you can use look at who the person is i have a friend who is very religious and i'm not going to make fun of the man upstairs in front of him now when i'm away from him i might let some religious jokes out of the bag and but in front of him no why do it when i I am going to knowingly offend him. And with looking at who the person is, it's harder to do when you're in public. I have an idea though for that. Your jokes that are with your friends don't make in public. You could offend the person to the left. Next thing you know, you're in the parking lot fighting. Be aware of the people who hold back. The final you can do is ask questions. We live in a world where you can ask anything. Now, maybe back in the old days, you couldn't ask a lot. But now you can ask and ask and ask and ask. I've done a lot of asking with my friends when I didn't understand something or I was like hey if I said this would this offend you they told me maybe you might want to keep your mouth shut you can ask your parents your grandparents they will help you out I even got a perfect example is when my grandfather died 
it was to the point where he was really bad. And I wanted to clearly see him as a goodbye and I'd spend as much time as I could with him, but I didn't know what to say to him. I couldn't read the room and be like, uh, okay, he has lung cancer. What do you say? Uh, hey, Papaw, how are you doing? Because we know the answer. He's not doing too hot. So what did I do? I asked my mother, hey, mom, what do I say? I ain't gonna ask how you're doing. That'd be an insult. But what could I tell him? And my mother answered me. I just realized something. This is the first for Autism Rocks and Rolls. Sam Mitchell had an epiphany on the podcast Woo! He now sees what he can do. I can literally just ask my family or ask the person who I am chatting with. How do I respond? This is pretty because as of January, I can now put a issue to bed that I have been wanting to figure out since second grade. Oh, sugar, honey, iced tea on that one. To end, those on the spectrum are capable of reading a room, but we need more time. We are not people who can examine a situation in five seconds, yet we are supposed to. Yes, we do take things literally, but where is the harm in it? I have not seen anyone going to the hospital for misunderstanding figurative language. I want people to understand that we are not reading the room. It is not those on the spectrum being defiant. Instead, we are not understanding why. We should not be ridiculed for something that does not make sense. Well, folks, let me offer today. I hope you learned about reading the room, and I want you right now to go in a room and read it. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming very soon. Hope you enjoy listening to me ramble. Thank you very much. <laughs>